Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's the end of 2023 and we barricaded ourselves into a gaming studio. How is everyone doing? You and Parson, how are you feeling? I feel like I'm a member of a live audience right now <laughs> because you're there and then we're here and it kind of... Oh, maybe you're the live audience. Maybe, yeah, exactly, yeah. Maybe I've, I've attended this, this show. The so audience got, of one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just in a rise against the audience of one on the way in, so it's all very poetic. Hey. Um, Adam Strawn, how are you feeling? I'm very tired, but I'm very good. We had our staff night out last night. We so. did. We, uh, I was going to say we sang some songs, but we didn't. Adam Wilborn and, uh, and Adam Nicholas sang some songs. We they were, did. We but bore witness to that. We couldn't hear a single thing on one of the places. <laughs> no. so, you Shout know. out, but also hell no to Rafi. That's a, <laughs> that was an interesting place. Never again. Never again. Cy White, how are you doing? Yeah, great. <laughs> <laughs> You're really <laughs> yeah. Systems operational. <laughs> the best I've ever been. Um, I'm Scott Taylor, the host of the World Culture Gaming Podcast. Don't know exactly when this thing's going out, but I thought we'd do a predictions cast um, for 2020 because there's many things on the horizon, including the Nintendo Switch 2 and the State of Silent Hill, the live service models that everyone's going into, etc. And why not just do a group conversation? We never recorded like this before. Put you all on the couch. It's so weird. It's, it's weird. It's cozy. It's <laughs> I was just like, we need the room to talk in uh, because there's only so many hours left of the working day. So why mm. not? Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll just talk about things in order. First thing being Nintendo Switch 2. Do we actually think that's dropping next year? Silas, was your prediction? Yeah, because I mean, to be fair, I thought it was dropping this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I thought did. they were going to get ahead of everyone a little bit and uh, sort of catch everyone by surprise but I mean mm-hmm. if they miss next year then what are you doing you know I, I mean uh, they pushed so much stuff uh, the thing is I thought they pushed so many things back we didn't hear from them for ages and they were like hey by the way Super Mario Wonder and also Tears right. of the Kingdom and it was like oh, I thought you guys were holding these back to like showcase the next console to be console. fair sort of like this last little it is the last little era of the Switch has been quite strong you know yeah, like yeah. Mario Wonder like you say we've got Thousand Year Door re-release coming mm-hmm. out Super Mario RPG just dropped like it's been a low key really solid year for yeah. Nintendo Pikmin 4 um, all the way yeah, for sure. But now I wonder, like, there, there's not so much you can get out of the Switch, obviously hardware-wise, but just like franchise-wise, they've kind of done everything. Yeah. So Switch to sometime, it could come at any point because I think this the Switch released in May, I think the year yeah. it came out. So reveal could come at any time. The console could come at any time. It's obviously coming with Metroid Prime Four. It's got to oh. be the case, isn't mm. it? 
Um, but then, other than that, I'm not quite sure because they've just, as I say, freshly done a bunch of Mario. They've just freshly done a Zelda. Yeah. So what else really is going to be in that first year of the Nintendo Switch? It'll be a Mario, think, won't it? Just another yeah, Mario. Yeah, maybe another one. <laughs> Mario Wonder it. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, me and you, you, you and talked about Switch stuff quite a lot of the last few podcasts. I remember you're not. I think out of all of us, I don't know what, where you come down on Nintendo, Adam Strong, but I remember you and you, you've not, you've not got a Switch. And it was like, you know, it takes something pretty Nintendo big to get you Nintendo was absent, was an absent figure in my childhood. I mean, <laughs> like, the extent of like my Nintendo involvement was watching the Pokemon anime to the point where I always grew up thinking that the Pokemon games were based on the anime. Right. Because that's how my brain <laughs> went. logical like, oh, way. Clearly it's the anime. Yeah, so I mean, I think it makes sense, you know, the Switch. From from where I'm sitting, I'm like, the Switch, it's a great console. It might have some cursed ports. We saw the Mortal Kombat one. The Batman Arkham uh, trilogy, Arkham yeah. Knight looks really bad on that mm-hmm. game. Yeah, and um, so maybe switch to I don't know I think they've got a really decent strategy going right now maybe you want them to focus more on the exclusives still because some of these ports are a little bit iffy <laughs> um, but maybe a switch 2 could fix that issue maybe you could do a version of the Arkham trilogy that would look good it's, on a switch 2 it's so funny because every new Nintendo piece of hardware is like maybe this is the time where they're going to do a bit more third party stuff and it never, <laughs> work, it never works out yeah it goes horribly wrong <laughs> that was the thing with the because um, the, yeah the Wii U tried that and it was yeah horrible. there was a call there was a call of duty game I think it's a launch game yeah. and then after that it was just like meh no, <laughs> hey, 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 I'll stand up for zombie U I really, zombie really U love that is game great. Yeah. that's a fantastic zombie U is game great. I remember Zombie U was like the thing to sell a Wii U on. And it was like, I only played it when it worked on me. Yeah, Yeah, on me, that's why I I got it. I bought a Wii U on day one. Is that (laughs) the worst console name of all time? The Wii U. Terrible. It was like the Zombu or whatever. Yeah, Zombu. But um, then there was finally a version on PlayStation and I was like, yeah, this is all right. I'm, yeah, I'm, but you need the tablet yes. for it. Like, mm. You need a little map and everything. It's interesting with Nintendo. Like, I've grown up to appreciate them. So, like, when I was younger, I was like, Sega Mega Drive kid. Sega! Right. That, that was me. Sega! Like, right. Yeah, Sega! And then, uh, so that was me. Like, my friends played it. So I kind of had, like, you know, I was familiar with it, but uh-huh. I, I didn't have it in, like, our household. And then, uh, yeah, like, the Wii U kind of well, pulled me in first, Zombie U or Zombu. And then, um, but yeah, like once I got my Switch, I was like, okay. Because like really, like Nintendo now are really known for that. They dominate handheld. Like they really, oh, yeah. really do. They yeah. do it so incredibly well. And right now, like in terms of competition, I know you've got like the new PlayStation like handheld that's just recently released, which, you know, there's ups and downs about that uh-huh. in terms of like being connected to Wi-Fi and et cetera, et cetera. Having your console switched on as well. Um, and then obviously you've got like the new Steam Deck with the OLED screen that's just come out as well, mm-hmm. which apparently looks gorgeous, but it's very expensive. Yeah, I refuse to get another one yeah like, exactly stupid purchase ones so I can't get play, exactly. play more Predator Hunting Grounds I'd, yeah in OLED glory <laughs> there you go it's Look a working wash. version of it but no I'm excited for like what they're going to do like do we have any predictions of like what the new things they'll bring to like the Switch well, to like hardware yeah nice. like what do you think they'll I add on well, I, well, I, I know thinking... we talked about it before where it's like the Switch is such a brilliant idea mm-hmm. But they've also it's also not from a business standpoint because they had two markets before with mm-hmm. home console mm-hmm. and handheld and now they can't go back. It has That's to you have point. to do the same thing again because mm-hmm. otherwise it yeah. feels like a step back. So I think it is, I guess, probably gonna be just a more powerful switch with maybe a couple of minor bells and whistles attached. I see my thing is like they always lead with gimmicks. Like it was like the GameCube had the the, the carry handle. And it was like the last time they just did a straightforward <laughs> console was like the N sixty four. And it's like with the Wii U it was like the tablet controller, then the switch the GameCube was the hybrid. Feels very straightforward to me. I think having 
yeah. handle on your console doesn't give <laughs> it. It's hey, portable. We lived, we lived through the handle days. I remember from being like, it's the gimmick tick thing. Yeah, imagine bringing your PS5 over to a mate's now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> put it on your backpack. <laughs> Death stranding like across the country. Hack. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I was talking to Jules, it'll be a couple of weeks ago when this thing uh, goes live, and he was saying that his theory is that the next Switch, the next Nintendo system, will be fundamentally VR. will be VR only. And, uh, and his theory mm. was that all the Nintendo Labo stuff and the cardboard VR was their test to see whether that would work. Wow. And by well, forcing think... everyone into it, that would be the next thing. That's great, but I don't think it works. Fundamentally, there's a cost production issue I don't see them overcoming because it's no. VR is still so expensive yeah. and Nintendo, mm-hmm. even though the, the Switch is still, you know, gaming is expensive as a hobby, uh-huh. but the Switch is still a lower entry price point in terms of the big console saga. So... I would that would be my only trepidation. Mm. Well, the way that they did VR uh, in Labo, which is hilarious, is just giving you a cardboard sleeve and you just slot the switch into it and then mm. put it on your face and like, then kill your was, eyes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it, it worked, but it wasn't like oh, this this doesn't feel like a thing that they should do more of. It just felt like yeah, uh, you're doing your version of it with cardboard. Um, but yeah, that idea that they like whether they need to have a gimmick or not, and then it's like the switch. Like people love the fact that it's a hybrid system. Mm. Um, but it is interesting with stuff like the Switch Lite, how it's fundamentally only handheld, and they've mm-hmm. sort of already admitted that most of their people play handheld anyway yeah like um yeah i have a pitch the switch army knife here he is switch army <laughs> knife it's nintendo switch that can stab things <laughs> open cancer you're determined like enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're determined enough you can stab someone with a switch right now <laughs> you've got to get stuck in but um but yeah we'll see what things finally come out there was a report it was like two three years ago from jason schreier about how the, the next switch was ready to drop like you said si everyone mm. expected it this year mm. and it didn't happen so it kind of has to happen next year yeah. but i guess we thought that this year um the next thing we had down is the state of silent hill and the um adam straw you think silent hill 2's remake is gonna bomb i think it's Gonna bomb hard, gonna bomb yeah. Like, little bum off. Uh, I think honestly, it's it's good. It's good. Can't say the the a word on the podcast. I know, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I was gonna say something worse there, but never mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, blooper team. I don't know. Like, I, you know, I don't get me wrong. I played a couple of their games. They're very hit and miss, more miss than hit for me. Oh, and, I like blooper. And this yeah. is like, I mean, th- I know that you do as well. We've had this conversation, <laughs> but um, I think as well, like, you know, this is such an important like game for so many people in that mm. franchise. Like, Silent Hill Two for me will go down as one of the best survival horror games ever made mm-hmm. in terms of like. You know, psychological horror as well. It's just so well. Everything is so reflective of James's experience. It's so well done. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know if this team has, like, I don't know, the gumption and the gall to really take that they on. Got like not, every... They got the maxi. Yeah, I mean, you haven't got the, the magic sauce. <laughs> and I don't know, like, you know, if they do... Because the really, the only way they can really recapture that is do a, you know, straightforward, like, just copy for copy and, like, for, like, scene by scene. And, like, you know, we've seen great stuff done with the likes of, like, you know, with Capcom, like, remaking Resident Evil when they're still adding new stuff in but still honouring the original in such an interesting way. Yeah. And because it's the same team, right, it's Capcom just redoing the same thing. Can only. Um, and, you know, and they're phenomenal. But mm-hmm. then, I don't know, like, this is a different team working on such a protected game out there. And then that, you know, trailer that released, everyone was, nobody looked at that and thought, you know what, that looks pretty good. Everyone was like, what the hell is There's this? Like all the subtlety that was in there before, or the payoff that you're supposed to get later on, if yeah. you know the full story, is now just him crying into a mirror. Do you, do you get how sad it is? <laughs> That's like... going to be me when this game releases, <laughs> crying into a mirror. That was yeah. most of the fandom. But I'd love to be proved wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'd love for it to come out and to be absolutely amazed. And I'd go, you know what, like, you've knocked it out of the park, guys. But what I've seen so far, I think it's really going to I think the, the whole state of Sound Hill is fascinating in terms of like yeah. they had Sound Hill Ascension is somehow still going. Like that thing is still live. <laughs> what is this thing? I don't even think anyone even knows what it is. Well, no. you see a tweet what? they did recently where it was like they posted a scene or whatever. So what do you think is going to happen next? And they got like 300 replies of Grandpa Simpson sleeping. 
<laughs> people are just trolling the hell out of this game. It's beautiful. Epic. What, what is what is Silent Hill Ascension? Is it like a, that's a good question? It's a nightmare. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been going for weeks, and we still, you know, to define that is a very tricky thing. It's essentially a free-to-watch TV series where you pay money to vote for canonical It's all in-game, it's all in-engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's loads it's, of it's AI-generated. I don't know, oh. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but what I'm saying is, it's a scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's dreadful. Yes, it's, um, yeah, they sort of rolled it. And the thing is, when they did the big Silent Hill, I forget what they called it, they did that big stream last year, was it? Oh, yeah, transmission. Mm. Yeah, the big transmission yeah. stream where it was like, look at all these different projects that we have in the works. There's a one called Silent Hill F, Silent yeah. Hilf, that is mm. some Hilf. sort of new installment. And then there's the Hilf. remake, Hilf, of uh, Silent Hill 2. And then they had Silent Hill Ascension. There's another Townsfall. One, Townfall, which yeah. is another one. Um, but yeah, so Silent Hill Ascension is like this week-to-week storytelling thing, um, which runs, I think it's for six and six-week chunks, and it's all in engine, it's all in some sort of engine anyway, um, and a lot of the dialogue seems AI-generated, people vote on it, um, but also people can buy uh, stickers for their chat, like to put in the, in the live chat, and there's a one that just says, it's trauma, which is like the thing with Silent Hill 2, where yeah. it's like they're just trying to steer into character subtleties or character revelations over time to make a badge for it, because it's 2023. And so Ascension hasn't gone down very well, but somehow it's still... I think there's more of a curiosity into <laughs> what story they're even going to do with it. It's a, it's a, you've just listed all those games. It's a horrible way to kick off. Sorry, yes. Hill's yes. been dead for so long. Let's start with this abomination. Because yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't really get a lot of confidence about no. what's to come no. next. And it's, it's, always, it's another weird thing is that like in terms of the, the feat to put forward, like Ascension is doing well. I'm, I guess doing well enough to keep going, but it doesn't seem like it's um, it's not looked upon very Everyone favorably. seems to be focused on Silent Hill F. That's the brand yeah. new entry, mainline one. Yes. It's completely different. And it appears to be set in Japan. Uh-huh. It's, it's cool. Okay, let's focus on that one. Could be mm. good. Everything uh-huh. else, whatever. Yeah. Let's focus on this. Problem is, it's made by Neobards. Not not a problem with Neobards. You know, they seem like a fine team. All they've made so far is Resident Evil multiplayer spin-offs. And they're in charge of the next big Silent Hill game. It's like that does not seem like a sound decision. Hey, that worked well with Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh, oh, wait. oh, about that. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> work well I, at all. I will say, you know, small teams need to be given chances like that. Yeah, but Silent true. Hill dead after all this time seemed, that seems like a very odd decision I was also thinking it was just so weird to lead with Silent Hill 2 I get it if you're just doing Business 101 it's the most fan beloved entry but assumedly there's a, well, there will be a whole generation of people who didn't grow up with it who are like well why would I start on number 2 how do I play number 1 and you just yeah. can't you don't yeah. need Silent Hill 1 no. to play Silent Hill 2 though do you but I do understand mm-hmm. you know people that will be like well I'm not going to get this because I haven't played the first one yeah <laughs> or maybe you could like rename it or something like Silent Hill colon something it's such a weird Trauma, strategy overall because like obviously, <laughs> obviously people have been crying out for Silent Hill for years like, I mean like you know, we have been in many yeah. ways, and then for them to go right, I tell you what, we're going to give you like seventy games of all like di- <laughs> different types of games, and like to start with Ascension, which takes like two of the worst things really from like you know like live service and everything like this, like from <laughs> trying to monetize a live chat, literally that, and then AI as well, like taking two they, of the worst things yeah, right now and putting it into a game. They like, say we have it is not AI written, but you watch something, and the manager turns up and goes, "I like making jam," and it disappears. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> that's so bizarre. Uh-huh. That's either got shed where one someone's in like a forest they're doing slowly investigating this forest at night time and a character just pops up and says like hey, hey who are you I don't know I just like making jam oh okay bye, bye. and the scene just continues like, what the hell is this the matrix is collapsing oh. but um, yeah that's just a very much we'll see thing in yeah. terms of next yeah. year I wonder if the the blind faith purchases get people into Silent Hill 2 and how much uh, lead time they give reviews because I feel like that's something where they might hold the reviews back and then mm-hmm. just be like it's a Silent Hill 2 remake and just that'll fly for a 
little bit. Yeah. And then it'll all come out about the reality of how much has been changed for the story. Because we also have the Pyramid Head uh, origin story. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? To be fair, to be fair, they've said that that is a misunderstanding. Oh, um, thank God. I think I'm it was, religious, a, I think it was a retail lister that put something up and misunderstood a press release. Oh, okay, good. But to be fair, Silent Hill 2 is a Pyramid Head origin story. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think they've come out and said, uh, no. Right, okay, good. That's that's something in the right direction because yeah. it was, that was uh, the fact that I wouldn't have put it past them is also <laughs> right. pretty indicative anyway. That's the that. upcoming DLC. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like Teenage Pyramid Head, like growing up <laughs> in Silent Hill. Listening to Evanescence did Coming out there. Oh the my god, yes. Yeah. Like eyeliner, like on the pyramid itself. <laughs> I would take that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Silent Hill across the year. Um, next thing down is just the state of live service stuff. As we're recording this, um, news just came out that Naughty Dog are cancelling their Last of Us multiplayer game. Um, I think it was just called Factions, but that, whatever that was going to be, it's now cancelled. Um, and in the statement, it's very, very telling because they say that they've cancelled it because if they would have to devote too many resources to it and it would take away from the single player games that they have in development, which is very much in line with what everybody was saying when the idea of a big large-scale Last of Us multiplayer game was in production anyway. Um, and it also comes after Bungie's internal review where apparently them they were very much hired as a, the experts on live service stuff because of Destiny. Um, and they did some sort of internal review with all the various live service games that are in production. And they came away from that saying that Last of Us is, wasn't ready. It needs to be delayed. It needs to have a lot more work done on it. And now it's been cancelled. And Bungie, um, their financial results show that they missed their targets by about 40 or 50%. They were like way down. And they've suffered layoffs as well as many other studios have. Um, but overall, this push into live services everywhere, lest we not forget Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, um, is also next year. And I wonder if next year is finally the year that we give up on this overall and just go, hey, stories and gameplay mechanics is the thing. I think the weird thing with this, and we, we spoke about it briefly before we came on, is the idea that if you make a multiplayer game right now, it needs to be supported with a live service mm-hmm. for years and years, otherwise it's seen as not being yeah. worth it. Remember when we were like growing up and playing multiplayer games? Yeah, there'd be DLC, but the words like service never really came into it and the DLC Mm. was always really optional you didn't have to play uh, all the Halo 3 DLC to enjoy Halo 3's multiplayer you'd be missing out on a bunch of stuff but it would still functional and they'd still have an active player base or whatever Mm. it's interesting to me that the, the mental attitude here seems to be that like we need to have a constant stream of content, seasonal content to keep people invested, include MTX, do all that stuff to keep make the game be justified. And I guess when they're putting that much money into a multiplayer title to begin with, that makes sense. But it is interesting because I think you could have a standalone Last of Us multiplayer game that you may occasionally support with DLC, it doesn't have to be hands on deck the entire time. And again, I'm not privy to live service development. I don't know how much stuff like goes into these games, Mm -hmm. but it seems to me that we're we're missing that multi, that kind of multiplayer game. Now we can't just have a multiplayer game. It has to be three year supported. It has to be like live service, like even call of duty back in the day, you'd have a couple of DLC maps, a couple of DLC packs that would come out, and you'd be getting a new zombies map, a couple of new multiplayer maps, yeah. maybe the odd gun. And now it's like, oh no, we're going to have a constant stream of seasonal season passes where you can unlock all this stuff. <laughs> it just seems very, very weird. To I me. just like, I wish that they would lead with the simplistic thing. Just get the multiplayer mode out there, see if people like it, and maybe you monetize it afterwards. Like, it was funny seeing Nintendo realize that everyone still loves Mario Kart after Mario Kart 8, uh, where the sales for that, the, the uh, Switch version was so high mm. that they were like, oh, we're not going to do Mario Kart 9, we're going to push that right back, and we're just going to do uh, track packs for Mario Kart 8. And they've done that 
that for the last like two years or whatever. Yeah. And some of that could be pandemic related in terms of like turnover. But I love that. I love them just acknowledging we don't need to do this big like the next thing or drag it out. We can just do this thing instead. And um, that's something that I, I just wish more studios would do. Just get a cool gameplay mode out there mm-hmm. um, and then just see what you want to do with it afterwards. Like you said, you don't um, need to lead with years of stuff. Um, but ultimately, the, the sad part of this is that we're not getting a Last of Us multiplayer game at all. And it was a weird little niche thing anyway. But the people who liked Last of Us multiplayer like me, um, it was a cool mode. Factions was really cool. Yeah. I want to see mm-hmm. more multiplayer like that. And that's mm-hmm. the frustrating yeah. thing about this is that I totally understand it makes sense for Naughty Dog as a studio if they think that they need to allocate their resources to make sure that they'll have more you know, award-winning single-player experiences, <laughs> uh-huh. then that makes sense. But it is kind of frustrating that they've spent this much time already on a Last of Us multiplayer you know, component. It'd be a really unique space. We keep on talking about how much PlayStation has been arguing that they're going to miss Call of Duty when it goes to mm. Microsoft and yet haven't been investing... Well, they have been with been trying a little bit, Bungie yeah. or whatever, but they've not got their unique multiplayer thing down yet. And mm-hmm. while I'm not arguing that Last of Us could be that, it is one of their most popular PlayStation-branded IPs. Oh, yeah. It's kind of daft that they've not been able to make this work, and if they thought that they couldn't make it work and they have to choose between two things put more resources into Naughty Dog so you have a live service component of the studio mm-hmm. so all that work doesn't go to waste. It just, it really frustrates me. And also, like, you know, they really were, like, leaping before they could stand up in this case, like, in terms of they had it at the Game Awards. Like, it was alongside the Last of Us Part 1 remaster announcement, but it was still, like, when doing Last of Us multiplayer, they had the key art for it, and, like, there was some uh, story stuff leaked for it in terms of the setup, like, you were a bunch of characters in a mansion looking after it, going out on missions and coming back and everything. And so, like, it seemed that they had, like, the grounding for it. Um, but, yeah, overall... I think that the, the live service push from bigger studios is largely going to go away. I feel like the only live service games that are being maintained are the Among Us's um, or the Fall Guys. It's things like that. You've got the bigger ones like Call of Duty and like um, Halo Infinite's that had a, a hell of a resurrected time across the yeah. last couple of months. That thing's actually phenomenal at the minute. Um, but still, overall, I feel like everybody doing it all at once um, most of this year, and especially with um, Suicide Squad being pushed back, there was a general acceptance, I think, from most people or like to say, we don't want this and we can't, we're not going to play all these games. Um, and I wonder if 2024 is just where that all kind of comes out, um, especially on Sony's side, the amount of games they've got in the works, like Fair Games and um, that Cash one. I forget the name. There was like four or five there announced. <laughs> Helldivers 2 was another one. I'm looking I'll... forward to Helldivers, though. Okay. That looks like a fun little co-op time. Yeah, I'll be amazed if that... Um, I mean, that it looks like solid enough gameplay-wise. I just I wonder if that ends up being like a one-off. But, um, Sai, si, what do you think of the, the live service approach going into next year? I hope you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, are you phrased it as like, uh, is it the year that we give up on it? It's like, by we, do you mean the industry? Just the average I already person, do, I like don't I care. And, and so, <laughs> you're doubly part of that we. Um, in terms of the Last of Us thing, like, I didn't play the online mode so like previously, so I don't know, but I only ever heard good things. Mm. And it is odd that they have sunk that much time into it and cancelled it because... It's the only game I think we knew about first party wise from Sony next year. Mm. We've gone from one to zero. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm sure there are going to be games that we just haven't been told about mm. but it is really odd this uh, is like a worthwhile a pivot strange time yeah this is like a worthwhile pivot to bring in like the state of Sony going into next year mm. because like they double down so much on the live service stuff and a lot of that I mean it's just my own thoughts on it but my own my uh, approach that my opinion on that was that it was the Jim Ryan approach where it was a yes. very cold naked business like approach to it where it's like live services are the thing that's what the kids like look at Fortnite over there we, mm-hmm. should, have, we should have five of them and green light five different live service projects yes. 
all the trailers bombed on YouTube, nothing went well, um, and you've got various veteran staff members leaving or being fired. Now The Last of Us isn't happening. Um, Jim Ryan's stepping down next year. He's announced his retirement. Um, I don't think any of that initiative worked whatsoever, and I think it'll, it'll take probably all of next year to recover from that in terms of getting more irons in the fire that are more single-player related um, and go from there. But um, Adam Straw, what do you think? Oh god, I hope it dies. Like, <laughs> seriously. I mean, like, I think what's really important from this year is that it's such a reflection on if you let developers just do what they are good at without forcing them to do something which is recapturing, mm. you know, Fortnite or whatever, then it really shows their hands. So, like, I mean, you know, we've had Alan Wake Two right now, which is a yeah. game that we haven't had like that, you know, a game like in like that in so long, and yet it's done so incredibly well because it's doing what they do best. Mm. It's not to live up to like creating some type of wild live service which realistically no one cares about yeah. like and the same with like Baldur's Gate you know I keep hammering on about that game but it's such an important game for the industry which shows you don't need that to re to make a really you know incredible game no. that a lot of people love and does incredibly well mm -hmm. you know we see it all the time a sad state of affairs when like you know we talked about we talked about Anthem before right Bioware pushed into trying to make a live service game that mm. failed miserably yeah. because they're not that type of studio and I'm not saying they could never do that but I'm just saying like for companies to come along and be pushed in that direction it just doesn't make sense and it shows its hand and then we've got like the Suicide Squad game obviously coming out later on God knows what that'll look like <laughs> but you know it's the same type of thing again where one studio mastered one particular type of game and yeah. they really really did yeah. and then, then this came along everyone went what the heck is that yeah. you know yeah. Which is the, the mm -hmm. overall thing, like, yeah, it, internally, that, like, a lot of those teams, if you're going off the rumors, going off why Connie Booth was let go, because she was yeah. one of the oldest studio heads that had to look after those various teams, and a lot of them internally were saying, we don't want to work on this multiplayer stuff. Mm. Yes. Um, and assumedly, she was let go because of the uh, inability to bring people together on that other vision, which is completely fair, I think. Um, so I think you were going to say something there, but maybe not. Well, just, like, the ratio of success when it comes to live service is supposed mm. to be ridiculous when you look at the games that have actually taken off compared to all of the failures we've had. Yeah. Maybe businesses need to look look at that and be like you know let's not contribute to that second number actually mm. let's do what we can do and stick with it like, mm -hmm. or rather let the studio do what they do mm -hmm. i think the big it's over moment for me was when like blizzard fumbled the bag on overwatch yes mm -hmm. like, oh yeah we're talking about the most yeah. one of the most brilliant live service success stories of the past decade you know a brand new ip mm. kind of really kickstarted the hero shooter trend you had loads mm. of overwatch imitators i still maintain that overwatch from 2015 to 2021 is one of the best playing shooters oh, i've ever played i think it was phenomenal um just fantastic um and then they they messed it up with overwatch 2 and like walked back some of the promises on like the single player side of things mm. and then messed with the meta i think fundamentally there is like a breakdown of trust and i feel like without that trust you don't really know you can't really back live service to succeed continuously because it's a case of so many different player bases now numbering in the hundreds of thousands have been burnt by a bad mm. live service yeah, experience yeah, that's true. so which which means that you're going to be left with just a few left over like the fortnites which you know succeed on the money of plundered parents so <laughs> you know it's 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 one of those where i'm kind of like Speaking personally as someone who likes multiplayer games, I don't want live service as a concept to die, mm. but I agree with you, Adam. I think you need to stop pushing studios mm. in that direction if they come from a different background. That's yeah. to say that studios yeah. can't be you know, versatile with, with their genres or whatever, but certainly you know, anyone who's played the, the Arkham trilogy wanted a new Batman Arkham game or a Superman mm. game. They didn't want to, you know, jump around and swing around and just shoot <laughs> Snaps for that. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting weak, weak, glowing weak spots. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do that in House of the Dead 2. No. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to the two of you getting the highest 
record House of the Dead. Oh, honestly, that was a trip down memory lane. I loved every second. The voice acting was horrendous. Oh, like, it always was. Honestly, That's but the thing about it, it melted my heart though. Like, Gabriel, honestly. yeah, <laughs> like, Goldman, Goldman. <laughs> Goldman, and like even like Goldman's mouth moved and nothing came out. And then later on, it would like speak as he was off camera. Like I genius. Miss when facial animation was just the head would jodder a little bit. Like yeah. the original Metal Gear was just snake head banging for a bit. And that's why the original Resident Evils are so good because it's always the same like arms reaching arms, out. Yeah. yeah, like giant plate. I'll go look for her. You go find us a way out of here. Just like so good, man. Pointing all over the whole hand. That's just great. And we pivot a little bit speaking of Sony into um, some of the Wolverine leaks and the state of Insomniac and like they sadly suffered a whole leak. Um, it would have been weeks ago by the time this podcast goes out. Um, but things that revealed um, there's a couple of Wolverine screenshots that's the next game and um, there's a, a tease the Spider-Man 3 was mentioned in there and then there's the, apparently a Spider-Verse game that's mentioned Selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. 
Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Well, uh, which ties into an Easter egg that was in Spider-Man 2 uh, as a game. Ewan's got his head in his hands. Wait, what do you think? I'm so sick of the multiverse, man. Same, it kills everything. Yeah. Like, if yeah. we're talking about like Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League being a game that looks like it was envisioned five years ago and is now out of date. Yeah. If Insomniac are genuinely working on a Spider-Verse game that is due to release in like 2026, 2027, I know we've got another Spider-Verse movie after the most recent one coming out. Um, not next year now, I think it was delayed as a result of the strikes, mm -hmm. if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yes, yeah. um, I think we're going to be completely burnt out and fatigued on that. Even with Spider-Verse Riz going for it, I do not <laughs> want to see that. Um, I'd much rather they just focus on what they're doing in terms of what, how they built their own Marvel Universe yeah. and stuff. I do think Marvel's Wolverine has a really good chance of coming out next year. Just blindly because it's, it's Wolverine's 50th anniversary he was uh, created in 1974 you know 50th anniversary celebrations that would make a lot of sense they just kind of made me think of back when we got marvel spider-man in 2018 and you had that like great year for spidey in between like um it was uh, the spider-man game spider-verse came out i believe there was uh, avengers as well so you know maybe maybe the stars were aligning for a wolverine mm -hmm. game launch at the end of next year maybe or maybe they'll they'll ride that that anniversary buzz into the into the the following year, but I would hope to see that, and and yeah, I just I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to some Wolverine action. There were some Wolverine action figures that were announced yesterday by Hasbro, and one of them is oh, Patch yeah. with oh, the eyebrow oh, with the, the cool. eye patch on, and I'm kind of like, if I can get a suited Wolverine <laughs> with mm -hmm. an eye patch in, in Insomniac's Marvel's Wolverine, I'll be very excited. We should <laughs> say, speaking of costumes, that he has the orange yellow tan costume in the leak, uh, yes. which is a very mm -hmm. good pick if you're in a new a new age Wolverine costume uh, for the masses. Yeah, I have such a conspiracy theory with Sony's approach to Spider-Man where. I think that they are just being corporate overlord 101 and they have this idea of everything being multi. Do you think Madam Web might come in? Maybe. Oh, with, with, <laughs> the, with the line, the famous line. Imagine if you died in the jungle on a <laughs> But like, yeah, every move that they're doing, and I thought they kind of speed ran the progression to get there in Spider-Man 2. Um, it's like, yeah, that Spider-Verse Easter egg felt random and like just kind of not in line with the tone I thought they were setting up in, in that entire canon. Um, kind of the same with some of the stuff that you do where you're jumping into different locations by warping through portals and stuff yeah. uh, where I'm like I get you need to set this wider universe up but at the same time I didn't think you were going to do what I thought it was a very specific thing um, but I feel like you have Sony going like okay what do we have the rights to how do we get as much money out of this as possible um, let's green light all these different movies like the Madam Web movie um, and there's still other stuff coming right like Silk and whatever they uh, there's, there's Silk there's well Silk was Again, spoilers for Marvel Spider-Man 2 if you haven't played it and you're looking forward to it on your Christmas list. There's a reference just, in yeah, there. Yeah, there is a reference to Silk in that game. Um, yeah, there's this Craven the Hunter coming out <laughs> with Aaron Taylor-Johnson. Oh. Um, those things are so nakedly, brazenly cynical that I kind of have to applaud them for it because right. it's just like, I know, you know everyone knows what you're doing. <laughs> but it's really, really yeah. funny. Going yeah. all in. I would just <laughs> hope that it's one of the few remaining superhero genre bright spots in terms of wider media right now, um, I would hope that, that in something I could be able to resist temptation because I know the multiverse is fun and, and Spider-Verse, those, those movies are some of the most acclaimed animated films of the past you know, 20 years. Yeah. It makes sense that they want to get in on that, but I just, I sincerely hope that is a case of early nonsense. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I can't see them doing that. And to be honest, after we get Spider-Man 3 and after we're done with Wolverine, 
Um, I would hope that Insomniac maybe go and do something original again. Mm. That's the thing, because they're becoming the superhero studio. Like, yeah. um, you know, they got Spidey, many, many Spideys, and then they've got they got Ratchet and Clank in there somewhere, but then obviously the next one's Wolverine. Assuming that probably crosses over, and then maybe you do Avengers stuff. You yeah. know, it'd be hilarious, but also dreadful. Um, <laughs> you know how, like, in the news recently, there was all that hoo-ha about Robert Downey Jr. coming back as, like, Iron oh, Man, yeah. potentially. Can you imagine if he came back at the end of one of these games voicing Tony Stark in the game, <laughs> and he was like, we're putting together a team. And, like, literally that was the joining. And just time repeats all like, over can you, again. Like, literally, because we're in a time now when things just repeat. I mean, this would be awful, and if it does happen, you heard it here first on this <laughs> podcast. But honestly, just no. But I will say, though, like, I, you know, the idea of a Wolverine game, if they really go all in on it and really knock it out of the park, would be incredible, because we've had a decent Wolverine game in the past, yeah, yeah. right? And I really think, like, Insomniac, you know, have the framework to make something really incredible there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would be interesting, like, you know, if other studios as well picked up, like, some of those solo adventure, like, give me a Wonder game, I'd be all over that bad right. boy, playing as that witchy badness. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, I think there, there could be some That's really... <laughs> yeah, witchy badness, the Wonder game. But um, there could be some really interesting stories told with these characters. And, like, you know, we're, we're getting teased now, teasers upon teasers with the X-Men coming into the MCU as well. God, I hope they knock that out of the park because, Jesus. They need to do something. They really do. But then we've got some solid games out there as well. And we've talked about X-Men games in the past as well. And, like, uh-huh. it'll be really interesting with this modern iteration of how they pull it off, like with the Wolverine game. So I'm intrigued to see how it's going to fold. Yeah, my overall thing was that yeah, I totally agree. And it's the characters, it's the stories that ground it. Like, yeah. it was the, because the character writing and the uh, storytelling was so strong in Andor it punched all the way through my Star Wars fatigue yeah. where I was oh, I love Andor it's phenomenal mm. you can argue that that thing would work just as well as just a World War style movie anyway or a military kind of movie um, but still if they nail the character stuff it's great which is why I think them um, doing things like multiverse as a random Easter egg was just like oh this is corporate 101 it's, it's a distraction corporate. isn't it it's yeah. just pure distraction like, the reason why those games resonated with everyone was because they pushed Peter Parker as the character forward when the comics and movies have landed him in a static place for yeah. so long you know, we, we don't care about crossing over with... It's a fun novelty to look at and point out at the big screen, but we want the emotional gravitas of these games, and, and like, multiverse stuff just completely undercuts that. Yeah, and also, like, the, that big crossover, the thing that set it all in motion like, in terms of the, the compilation movie, like The Avengers, was because we had character movies first. Yeah. Like, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, which I guess you can argue we've had the Spider-Man backdrop and you get Wolverine and maybe they're building to this, a similar thing. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Um, it's a, a weird thing with Insomniac where they could end up just becoming the superhero studio. Sam, do you have any thoughts on the, the state of all this multiversal madness? Yeah, I mean, much of the same, really. Mm. Like, my superhero fatigue, kind of, <laughs> same as a lot of people, like you, Scott, I got off from Endgame. I was just like, I pretty much pre-planned. I was like, this is it for me. After right. that, I'm just kind of out. Uh-huh. With the exception of Spider-Man, because I love Spider-Man, so same. I'll keep up with those movies. And of course, the games were great. But there is a problem now where if we don't have the separation of identity between the games and the films, and we do wind up having a Spider-Verse game as well, then there's a problem there <laughs> in terms of that fatigue. I've got it on both sides here. So, yeah, I'm not really sure how to feel about that. I'd like it kind of to just wrap up and for Insomniac to move on. I'm I'm optimistic and interested in the Wolverine game, despite not being necessarily a Wolverine person, but mm. Insomniac have my trust, just, and I'm very interested to see how they handle that, because clearly it's going to be very different. Mm. That said... Despite being quite anti-leak, I had to <laughs> laugh about the Wolverine leak because 
I'm sure, you know, I imagine, you know, hacker man, like leaks are hard to do, like I've got to go undercover, <laughs> putting my reputation on the line or whatever. Yeah. What did Put you your leak? thick glasses on your moustache. Yeah, <laughs> the exactly limousine. right. And they leaked like 12 by 12 pixel images of nothing. Like, great. <laughs> yeah, was, I didn't get anything out of it. It was the like, threat that they were going to yes. de-pixelify them or something potentially. I can't remember. Oh, really? I think, right. I think okay. it was like, we've, we've got, this is in low res, but if you keep this up, we're going to release it in 4K. Oh, no. yeah. It's like, th- genuinely, it would have been like, if we hadn't known they were working on a Wolverine uh, game, then it would have been like, wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. It's like, well, yeah, they're working on a Wolverine game, so that's yeah. what it's, yeah. Yeah. But it's like them thinking they can hold the studio hostage. Like, as we're recording this, I think that's still ongoing, whether yeah. they're still I'm investigating sure. it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the hacker teams are like, you've got to pay us, so we'll leak everything, or right. whatever. That won't work, it never has in the past. It's like the GTA thing, it was the exact same thing with GTA 6, and those guys uh, went to trial. Yes. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a case of, like, well, well we know the, the precedent here. You want to mess around <laughs> with video game companies? So like, do you think you're going to get paid? Like, just you use PayPal? Like, someone's going to come with you? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> case full of money. Like it's not gonna Big work. bag with a dollar sign. Oh, that'd be amazing. Sneak it in with it. Here's your simoleons. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, we'll see how that stuff shakes out. Um, yeah, Insomniac are my favorite studios. They, I think they are like the best studio in the world right now in terms of the amounts that they turn over and the general level of polish. I thought Spidey 2 obviously had its moments with polish. Some people had that weird little cube glitch. Oh, we love Toby Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. And there's like a few little things cube. like that. Um, which is quite surprising from them because everything else to now has been bang on but to me that points to that overarching corporate thing of trying to stretch them even thinner this goes back to what Sony needing more games what I would like them to do is to give Jack and Daxter to Insomniac Oh, that'd be fun. Just saying. <laughs> I would. I mean, I love Jack and Daxter. I would like take that. Take anything that was. If there's a studio that you would trust it with outside of Naughty Dog, it's Insomniac. I think. Yeah, same. It's time for Gex the Gecko to return. <laughs> he is coming back. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. It's only. Uh, it's only a remake for now. But they're remaking. <laughs> what? Uh, <one> of, yeah. <laughs> I can't think what you call. Uh, the team that bought the rights but they announced a few remakes and it was like Gex and a couple of other old the school Gex games the Gex team yeah the, <laughs> the, 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 the team G's themselves um, but yeah we're getting Gex in 2024 so you can add that on as well um, GTA 6's second trailer is worth chucking in because if you look at the, the cadence I've been using the word cadence quite a lot recently it's quite nice um, but using cadence of uh, the release of the previous GTA trailers it's always been a year in between them um, and it was with GTA 5 as well and so um, the prevailing thing at the minute is that we got the Lucia trailer uh, the other week month ago whatever it was when this comes out and the assumption is that we'll get a Jason trailer um, at some point in 2024. Um, general thoughts on GTA 6, <laughs> even though we've talked about it quite a lot already. Quite excited. Yeah. Quite excited. Editing videos on it has made me go back to play GTA 5, which has actually just increased my excitement. How are you finding GTA, GTA 5? I'm enjoying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't touched it, since, isn't it? I haven't mm-hmm. touched it since it basically came out, to right. be honest. So it's nice to go back into it and just, you know, cruise around. and Yeah. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like Rockstar don't miss when it comes to characters. Like instantly you have a touchstone with every major character. Mm. And yeah, I'm just really excited to see how they do that again with GTA 6 and the lessons learned since GTA 5. It's been a full 10 years, of course. So mm. I, yeah, I'm quite excited. I'm so curious with GTA 6 how like just how it goes in terms of the, the general conversations around it it feels like it's been this omnipresent thing since GTA 5 yeah. and it's like now we finally got the trailer it's some record numbers at the time of recording it's like 110 million views or something <laughs> on YouTube and um, is it just so omnipresent that discussions on it and coverage of it is just no one keep no one's that, that bothered about anything other than the official trailers because it's such a bygone assumption that you're definitely going to buy it who's not going to buy it oh god like, I mean, yeah. yeah it's all right we're a year maybe two or whatever out we all can say with a certain degree 
of confidence that this is going to be the game that makes the most money ever. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. Like, like, there's well. no question. Yeah. It's like this is it. You know. I guess anything supply issues or yeah. something. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's, that's it, very it, good. They point. just fixed the PS5 supply stuff. <laughs> what if yeah. this ends up upsetting the production? There was like people when the trailer came out being like, "Oh, I hope this comes out on the PlayStation 4." <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah. People being like, "Oh, I better get a the new PlayStation Xbox. 4." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> struggling, just screaming as you can. I wake up a Switch port. <laughs> Eating a hamburger in GTA 6 and watching my PS4 go up in fumes. Oh God. Yeah, that whole thing. I mean, that's a 2025 predictions thing for this time next year. Um, but still, like, everything's going to get out of the way of that game. Like, mm. God help you if you're releasing anywhere oh, near God, that. Imagine. Yeah. Um, I think there'll be like a, a four, five month birth. On <laughs> <laughs> Everyone calling up Rockstar being like, oh, can you move your release? Yeah, do you know what this is going to be? I'll be your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, as we're recording this, um, there was a thing breaking on Reddit that there was a cleaner in Rockstar's studios who um, apparently had been verified. And um, they were talking about what they saw. And, uh, and the, the rumoured release date is September 2025. Well, that makes sense. Okay. GTA 5 was September 2013. Right, cool. So, and yeah. Um, yeah, they were just talking about the, diff- the uh, bits of the map that they've seen. But it they was said, a, yeah. I think, um, you know what the Grand Theft Auto community is like, where they've been looking at everything oh, yeah. for a GTA 6 announcement, like zoom, blowing up images, trying to find clues. But at the beginning we'll of look that at my trailer, screen again. <laughs> yeah, there's a plane that flies over the city with like a banner hanging off of it, and it says something about 919. Everyone yes. was like, right, okay, so it's nine. September 19th uh-huh. so that's oh, that vaguely in line with that so that thing's because could, could that could genuinely be a hint that's yeah. A, it's a, it, yeah it's also a religious uh, meaning thing of I was like, going to well, redemption okay. yeah in real life yeah the, the, that <laughs> number that 919 thing is specifically because in, in real life Florida or whatever there's something called 101010 or something um, it's some company or something so it's a okay. reference to that um, sadly for Floridians listening it'll be very obvious what that is but I so basically know. I have become one of those GTA <laughs> <they're> like this is a thing September 19th ignore everything else but um, yeah that's a 2025 thing but I think we'll get one more thing uh, probably close to this time next year for that yeah, mm. um, final talking point um, for now is the game Exodus which is coming from mm. Archetype they're, they're a, a studio made up of loads of ex-Bioware devs mm. um, which has been a long time coming uh, we talked quite a lot just before about forcing single player minded people to make multiplayer stuff very much what happened with multiplayer um, with Mass Effect Andromeda what happened with Anthem um, and it seems like and I don't know every individual uh, member of the team that's left over the years but a ton of old school Bioware devs have formed this team called Archetype and they were revealed the trailer called Exodus over at the Game Awards it was the one that Matthew McConaughey is heading up um, and it just seems heading like it's, he's yeah. the director he's, yeah. <laughs> he does he's everything bringing it all together um, but it seems like that this is a return to old school Bioware the, the things that are all over the trailer and the press releases are that these are the members of um old school Bioware that brought Knights of the Old Republic together and so um, it's I think this is a is going to be a whole thing maybe not necessarily across next year but a lot of um, old school studio identities I think they'll come back but it'll be from side studios mm-hmm. um, you see it in general anyway but I'm sure you're very excited about this oh I am I am all in already like, yeah same. Th- this is literally my jam like they're saying all the right things obviously and like you know Drew Carpenter being back for me is like an instant win yes because that man can just write anything and I'll read it and I'll play it <laughs> you know like as I said to you before like I'm Anthem, you know, like had so much disaster around it because, hey, it was a terrible live service game. But the writing behind Anthem was actually solid. Like the story and the world that was built was actually really good. Yeah, it was fine. It just, you know, you just didn't get to see a lot of it because it was like, go out and collect these things and then bring them back. You know, like live service mm. crap. But um, 
But no, like, I am really excited for this. Obviously, there's some great talent that they've brought back in. Uh, I should say, like, ex-Bioware, people working on Cortan, things like that. They're great titles. Mm -hmm. uh, Drew Carpenter, for me, as I say, a fantastic writer. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, you know, heading up the main kind of world of Mass Effect as well, which I'm really, really excited to see what they're going to do with this. Mm -hmm. And then Matthew McConaughey, man, like, one of the coolest. <laughs> if we don't get an all right, all right, all right in this game, then why even hey, bother? he's changed that to pew, pew, pew. That's how, <laughs> how that went down. But no, I'm super pumped to, like, definitely hear more about the game, obviously, to see, like, more of it as well. Just yeah. to see, like, you know what type of world are we going into what are we building up to like what are we building out to I'm just yeah to, to hear like about new IP like this from people that are so incredible who have worked on IP like in the past have done original things and mm. worked on established IP but have still done original things like with Koto like I am I'm just super pumped man I'm so excited I'm hoping that you they take whatever lessons they can from the more like action focused side of Bioware like yep. the way that Mass Effect 3 mm. started to play mm -hmm. and you got more of that in Andromeda and obviously especially in Anthem but I also thought Anthem like played well enough in terms mm -hmm. of the raw gunplay yeah. and it's like if you can get something that is dialogue driven conversation driven character driven but then when you're on mission it's nice and chunky and responsive and stuff right. there's, there's a way to actually do that which like you wanted to hope that's what they were aiming for years ago but it was just way more life servicey and just uh, very repetitive in terms of the mission designs and mm -hmm. everything um but i guess general side general thoughts on the old bioware coming back uh yeah i'm interested i'm i have a bit of a problem getting into western rpgs i found mm. bioware bethesda it's hard to keep me stuck in but right. you get the balance right that you just said um and what we've seen of it it looks like they were like, here's some gameplay stuff, which is always nice. Yes. And that's a nice... Mm. So at the very you know, end of the trailer, there's like tons of CG. And then yeah. like right, it's like, oh, wow, what is this? Gameplay, yeah. you know. So that's <laughs> that's nice. So leading with action stuff, obviously that makes the most sense to start with that. But it mm -hmm. did get my attention in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially because, and this is sort of, I guess, kind of a sidebar, but I am deeply cynical now about video game trailers because we've had several, kind of recently, we had the new Mass Effect Thing. And now oh, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of talk. It's like, well, I won't get too excited because it's not coming out till 2028 20, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Saying, you know, and Elder Scrolls Six reveal that everyone mm. got pumped for about ten years ago. <laughs> and I'm like, why are you getting excited? It's definitely not coming We've out. Got a logo, guys. Got, and and that's the way it's going. Like, video, some video games now are getting announced six years in advance yeah so when you get a trailer that goes like it's a brand new ip you've never heard of it it's from people you trust and also we've got some gameplay at the end so it's definitely actually in production yeah something's actually <laughs> something's <laughs> coming together uh yeah i'm interested, interested yeah I, would say. I think that was my thing was it's definitely the old school bioware thing that caught me in you did you check this trailer with the game awards yeah i mean i'm looking forward to it like i like you both i'm a, I'm a big fan of like old school bioware mm. like pre-Mass Effects, I couldn't really get into those games. I know it's sacrilegious. Um, but I'm just, I'm, I'm fed up with the stunt casting. Like, why is Ma what is Matthew McConaughey doing here? Right. I find, I find him, I find this whole shtick really boring. Um, and I'd much rather they just did, like, they didn't have to go. We had that conversation. Maybe you can kill him, you never know. Yesterday as well. Yeah. Maybe you could. Maybe if you could. If you play him, you'll just run him off but the nearest cliff. just kind of, yeah, I, I'd rather, I, it just feels like we're good. it's more cyberpunkian, like, meme actor. We've got actors, look, actors and things. And just, <laughs> just sell the game. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Especially with um, in that same award show, all the stuff happened with OD, the game OD, and uh, Hideo Kojima, and look how many people I've got. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a whole thing to sort of explore across the air as well. I mean, I put Exodus on here. Um, we don't think we have a definitive release date for that, but assumedly we'll get more from it next year. And it seems pretty far along in terms of the trailer, even though it did lead with CG stuff. Mm. When they did show the gameplay, it looked really solid. Um, so we'll see. For now, this has been the All Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tailford. That's been you in person. Bye bye. That's been Adam Strawn. Sure That's been Cy White. Ciao. Happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you all very soon. Goodbye. I nearly wait. Wait, we yeah. should do a choir. <laughs> We're all singing different songs. <laughs>
Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.